Hello and welcome to this week's episode of You've Got Mail. I'm your host Bella and welcome to another week of the podcast. I was going to have a break this week but it's just, I feel like we're on a roll so I want to keep going because I feel like if I'm going to stop then I'll just stop and I'll lose the motivation so we've got to carry on. But let's do a little life update because so far it has been a brilliant week. Like this week has gone so well and it's only Wednesday. It's only Wednesday. So I'm excited about what Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are going to bring. I went back to work. That's probably the first thing we should talk about. It was below average, I have to admit. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be either. It was still boring. I don't know why I thought I was going to go back and have like this renewed energy for my job, but no, no. That didn't quite happen, but we're working, we're earning money, this is the main point, this is why we're doing it. So it's good, I'm enjoying it, that's what I'm thinking. Now I've got an end point, I'm really just trying to focus on that. I'm also going to trial something new tomorrow, which I may regret. Oh my god, it's already 10 to 10 now. I told myself go to bed at half past 10, if that happens it'll be a miracle. Because I told myself tomorrow I'm going to wake up at 6am and go for a run. That sounds disgusting, just me saying it. I feel tired just at the concept of it. But today I went for a run and I felt better. And I thought, if I started my day off with a run, maybe I'll find work less boring and maybe I'll be less tired. And I know it sounds counterintuitive waking up more early to do something more tiring. But if I go to bed earlier, then I think this would all work out all right. I think it would all work swimmingly. This probably will not happen. I feel like I'm going to wake up tomorrow and be like, why am I awake? This is disgusting. But we shall see. I'm excited. I'm trialling it out. The at-home workout's going well. They're still working. I'm doing it at the moment. I'm doing the knobs app, which is quite fun. I mean, I'm liking it. But I forgot about Shreddy and it's kind of annoyed me because I forgot about that other option. And I'm starting to wonder whether Shreddy might be better because the knobs one's good. But the only annoying thing is I only have one set of dumbbells because I borrowed Louie's. And I'm not going to borrow any more, like, use any others, because they are expensive. They are so expensive. And I was trying to save money, and at the moment, it's not going very well. But I'm enjoying doing the workouts at home. I'm feeling less rushed. I feel like I was trying to fit way too much things in. I wasn't actually spending enough time just at home. So that's that's a good thing. Other than that, I have one major life update. Guys, I got into London and I'm so excited and happy. I'm so excited and happy. Oh, I am so happy. I'm so relieved. I'm so relieved. It just, I feel like it's all happening now. I'm so excited about it. And I feel like that is the topic of this podcast. Everything that's meant to happen will happen. I'll explain, I'll explain in future kind of like, call, I'll explain future moments to come but oh it was brilliant so yesterday I was just doing a workout and I'd gotten to the point before I left for skiing I was checking my emails on the hour hourly and I'd done this for about four weeks so it was getting quite unhealthy I knew every type of spam mail I was gonna get and at which point I knew when the mail was coming in and I was like still nothing still nothing and I was getting more and more anxious and then when I came back from holiday I was just like you know what it's going to come in at some point. I cannot keep waiting like I am waiting because I was just waiting all the time. I was living on the edge of my seat and I was like, this isn't that healthy. And at work, it was all that was on my mind. Oh, that sounded weird. But it was all that was on my mind. And I was like, that's not really on either. So 
So I decided, you know what, we'll just let it, we'll just leave it. It'll happen when it happens. I mean, I still check my emails every day, but it wasn't hourly. So I was like, well, this is an improvement. This is definitely better. And then I was doing a workout and I was like, oh, I'll just check, see if I've heard anything from the flights and stuff because I'm tracking a few flights at the moment to see if they get cheaper. And there it was. It was just like offer of admission. And I was like, fuck off. I was like, no way, no way, no, 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 no. And then quickly clicked on it and I was like, please say like accepted. Please don't like be a little misspelling thing. And I quickly read it and it was like conditional offer. And I was like, me what condition I've already got my degree and can't do much more about that like I've got the degree <laughs> what other things do you want me to do quickly click on the condition the condition was just to prove that I have a degree it was just to prove like I think my uni have to email them with it or something and I was like oh I've got in like I ran and I was screaming and I was telling mum and dad and they were so happy and Jemima was so happy and then like once I told them I called Louie and I was like Louie well first off he didn't pick up like and then I called him again, and then I called him again, and I was like, Louis, this is not a drill, pick up now, and I FaceTimed him, and I told him, and he was like, oh my god, you're going to London, and I was like, I know, if you can't tell, I'm very excited about this, I am so excited about this, but weirdly, like, I am very pleased, but I don't feel shocked about it at all, which I think it's because, I, this sounds weird, but I, I felt like I kind of knew it was going to happen, I kind of just felt like this was the right thing to happen. I felt like this was the right thing that I wanted to do. I felt this was the first thing that I felt drawn to when I left. When I like first finished in, no, this was last October. Um, not the one just gone, the year before that in third year. I was looking at what I might want to do and I found this course and I was like, you know what, that's the one I want to do, but I'm not going to apply for it yet or anything like that. And I'm going to look around but I didn't really look around. I just kind of always kept that one in the back of my head. And then when I was looking this year, I did look around. And I still circled back to that course. And I was like, you know what? It just it just felt right. It just felt really... It wasn't like a personal statement, Jesus Christ. It was awful to write. Absolutely awful. But it felt like I knew what I was going to say. I always had the rough plan in my head of the things I wanted to write. And it just felt right. Like, it just felt like... I knew what to say and what to do and like this was the program that I really wanted to go on to. There wasn't really any others which is why I didn't actually apply for anything but this course because I figured what's the point in applying for something that you don't want to do? What's the point of having a backup option you don't want to have as a backup option? There is it's pointless, you're just wasting your time. When I was writing and I mean Liverpool has a brilliant tropical medical school, a really really well like a brilliant brilliant one but it just didn't feel right for me. I don't know, I didn't... When I was, like, researching, because I was comparing the two, because, let's be honest, Liverpool is a lot cheaper than London. I was just researching it, and my main motivator was money. And I was like, you know what? 12 grand or 10 grand, there's only two grand in it, and one's happiness and one's not happiness. Do you know what I mean? I would rather spend more and be happy. I mean, you're still spending 10 grand. You're still spending an awful lot of money. So you want it to be a good investment, not a bad investment. And when I was looking at Liverpool, I was like, you know what? I don't think I can, I don't feel like I can see myself living there. I just, it didn't seem like it was the right thing for me. And I wasn't sure why that was, but now I know it's because what this is, 
this was the right thing for me. It didn't feel like the right thing for me. Even when I was looking at the application, I even made like, I got into the application portal, I was creating it all. I was just looking at the questions. I remember because I was at work and I was on my break and I was looking at the questions and I was like, you know what? I just don't, I don't know what even to say. I don't want to go here. I just, I don't feel like it's for me. I don't feel like it's the right city for me. I don't feel like it's the right, it just didn't fit. It didn't click. And so I just left that application and I kind of just put all my eggs in one basket and just thought, you know what, if I don't get in, we'll try something else. And that's when I think, I know the saying like, don't put all your eggs in one basket, give yourself a few options and stuff is good if you don't know exactly what you want to do. But I think if you know exactly what you want to do, you should just try and do that. And if that doesn't work, then you'll have something else to do. Do you know what I mean? Something else will fall into place. But if your main option, I knew for me London was the one that I wanted, and I got it and I'm so happy, but that's why I think when I got in, it was like this overwhelming happiness, but it wasn't like shock or like, oh my God, it happened because I always felt like it was going to happen. I just felt like it was the right fit for me. I just felt like it was the right thing to do and I didn't know really why. And other things have gone weirdly like well about it. Like this morning, I know earlier on in like, a few episodes ago I was saying how stressed I was about housemates and how stressed I was about finding people to live with and how scary it was moving to London. Literally this morning I made a spare room account. I found like two people on there. I messaged them both and I've already come back from one girl and she's wanting to buddy up and like find a house together. And then I was research I was like looking at other people's profiles and then I found another girl who is looking in the same area and she has someone else that she's with and she wants to make a four and we wanted to make a four and I was like on the first day this was all just kind of like rolled into place and we all have similar interests we all seem quite similar characters and I was like this is so weird do you know what I mean it's kind of when something is right there will not be that much resistance to it. When something is meant for you, I feel like it will just fall into place and you'll know deep down it's the right thing to do because it's scary, but it's not an anxiety-labelled scariness. Do you know? It's not like, what the fuck am I doing? It's like a, this is scary, but we're growing out of our comfort zone and I know this is going to be good in the long term. So when, I think that when things are meant for you, you just have to trust in the process, I think, weirdly, it's when I started trusting in the process and kind of just like letting it go and being like, you know what, when it happens, it'll happen. When I kind of let go of what I thought of when I wanted this kind of like time pressured thing, then it just happened naturally. And it was weird. This is the thing I didn't realize. In my head, I had picked that the 28th would be the day that it all happened. And it didn't, it happened on the 1st. And I think that's a thing. If you can't start like making these goals that you have time orientated with very specifics, it's really easily to get it's really easy to get disheartened. But if you just let it go and kind of still keep it as a goal and still keep it like I think time periods are good, a month or like I want it done in that week, but specific days, you're kind of constraining the idea too much. You're not giving it enough leeway, which means that it's harder for it to fall into place. You're trying to control the outcome too much. If you try and control the outcome, it's not going to easily flow into your life because other factors are also at play. Do you know? I don't know. I just, I found this weird how easy it was. And I was speaking to my sister about it because 
she also felt the same. The course that she applied for, she got on, but she was like, you know what? I just felt like I was always going to get onto that course. I felt like that was the course for me. And it was really easy. And she's really easily found a house to live with. She's found flatmates. She's everything is slotted into place so easily for her, so fast as well. It's like once the first thing got moving, everything got moving because it was kind of like a signal like, yes, this is happening. Let's go. It's happening. It's, I don't know, it's weird, but I'm very happy. I'm very grateful that it's happened and also grateful that it's been less scary than I thought it was going to be. I'm kind of shocked at how fast I found flatmates, like within 24 hours of being accepted. I have potentially found the people I'm going to live with. And I know these might not be the people, forever people, and I might, like, it might not work out, but it's just making me think how easy this process has been. I remember trying to find flatmates for first year and it took ages. Like, it took me so long in second year to work out where we were going to live and everything like that. And I think it's because I didn't really know what I wanted. So I wasn't very forthcoming with ideas. And also I was so much younger. We all were so much younger. So I guess there's that. That's different. But it's just weird, isn't it? Is there anything that you've really wanted to happen that's just kind of happened that you've always felt like, should happen I don't know if that's a weird question but is there anything in your life that like you've always had as a goal or always just felt like was the right thing for you? like your idea of your life you've always had this vision and you've always just felt like it was the right thing to happen it didn't feel that much like a dream it felt more like a vision like this is what I think my life is going to be like and it doesn't have to be that long term but I don't know that's how I felt with London it didn't feel like a goal it felt like a path like this is just what I should do what was your thing I'm kind of intrigued tell me please I want to know what your vision was I'm interested and I think it's things like I remember listening to this podcast and it was saying how like once you fully commit to something then things will be a lot easier for you because you kind of like given signals to the universe that you want it to happen and I was like mm, what do you mean you've given the signal to the universe I was doubtful I was very very doubtful about the entire thing but then this morning I had to transfer £500 to my deposit of my course, which made me feel sick, which was a horrible, horrible thing. But I was like, you know what? This is committing. I'm committing to this course now. This is what's going to happen. And then, like I said, I found my flatmates really easily. So maybe it was a sign. But let's have a little chat about the money side of things because it's painful. It's really painful. It's expensive really expensive the shocking thing that I didn't know is that this is a little heads up for everyone else doing masters your master's loan doesn't come in in one it comes in in three you get three master's loans okay like they come in the middle the beginning middle and end 33% 33% 34% and I was like what because I thought that was the tuition fees I thought it was going to be like the degree was where you never actually saw your tuition fees because the government just paid it straight away and then you ultimately owe the money back. Oh no, 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 no. 26th of September, I owe London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine £11,570. Like, there, straight away. No instalments, no nothing. International school fees are £26,000. Why is education such a money-making machine? Because it really shouldn't be. It shouldn't be something that someone's profiting off. It should be something that opens doors to everyone else. It should be something that's accessible to everyone. But it's just not, because how 
11 grand is so much money. I would never have been able to do this if I didn't have taken a year out because that's, I will just about cover it. And that is by working at Sainsbury's. That is literally by working my entire year for like a year and a half. I've worked, I've saved the money and then I'll be able to pay it. But some people don't have that luxury of being able to live at home rent-free because if I wasn't living at home rent-free, I don't think I'd be able to pay for it because I wouldn't have saved up enough money. I don't know, it's very... I don't think it works very well, to be honest. I don't think... I mean, there's so many other flaws, but that was just a flaw that was highlighted me today. I also don't understand why you can't pick whether you want it in one instalment or three instalments, because you're the one paying it back. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to run away from the government. You're not going to be able to not get this money. So I don't see why you can't pick, but... I don't feel like I'm going to be able to change that. So we're just going to have to deal. I'm also trusting that this will work. I feel like everything else has been okay, so this will be okay. And also, what you've got to do, education and masters, these things are very expensive, and I appreciate that, but you've got to see it as an investment in your future because you're investing in your education, and by investing in your education, you're going to be able to have so many other opportunities that you couldn't have had before. You're going to network, you're going to meet so many new people, and you're going to become more of an expert in your field. And I think that's... The other side of it, although this is an expensive thing, it's an investment. Ultimately, there will be a good payoff because of it. I'll be able to get my dream job. I'll be able to work in different places. I'll be able to kind of narrow down the field that I want to work in. So that's why I'm kind of okay with the... We're, we're dealing with the price thing. It's okay. It's fine. We're, we're, the money side of things will be okay. I think... One of my advice for the masters would be, so if you're considering doing a masters, like I will be doing <laughs> shortly, which is terrifying, but if you are considering doing a masters, I would, one of the big things that everyone's like, oh, are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure that's a good thing, Bella? Like it's so much money and blah, blah. And I was like, for me, I knew it was the right thing to do. As I said, I just felt like really drawn to this course and I was really interested in the topics. I loved how it was like, um, I love how the course was made, I loved all the modules on the course, I loved the research projects, everything about it, I was like, this is everything that I wanted to do whilst I was at university and didn't get the chance to do, and it's kind of merged my skills into it as well, because I'm really surprising this, I'm quite sociable and I like chatting, it's shocking, I know, but I wanted to find a more communicable area of my course because medical microbiology was very lab-based, which is quite antisocial, to be honest. When I was working in the lab, you don't really, you don't chat that much. You do chat a bit, but like you're having to do independent work pretty much all the time. So this was like a really good thing, course for me, because it was merging my skill sets. I think when you're looking at a master's course, and it's something to start considering if you're year two or year three of uni, because if you can write your personal statement in the summer holidays, you'll save yourself so much stress. You will save yourself so much stress. I think that's the thing. When you're looking at your master's courses, start asking yourself what areas of the course are you interested in and what jobs can you get with that and do you need a master's qualification to get further? I realised for my course, I did need a master's to get further. All the epidemiology, all the public health roles, they all required an MSc. So I just knew that I was going to have to get an MSc in order to go these places. But some jobs you don't need an MSc. It's kind of, you don't need it 
all the time. So be aware of that. It's it's not always it's not always the case. But I think you want a course that not only you find interesting but merges with your skill sets. So you might have found out on your degree course that you're really, really good, I don't know, the mathematical side of things. Find a course that's more maths based, okay? I also, another thing, look about how the master's course is examined. My course, guys, it's not an exam-based one. It does have exams and it did have exams, but because of COVID, no more exams, just like third year was. And I'm so excited. I honestly breathed the biggest sigh of relief when he said that on the open day. It was like this massive weight had been lifted off my shoulders. I was so happy. But I just think that you've got to pick a course that merges with me. So I know I don't do well in exams. I get really stressed and anxious. You could see this in the the way my grades improved from year one to year three. Year one, I was getting 50s, maybe 60s if I was lucky, but like 61, 62. Third year, which is meant to be the hardest year, I was getting like 70s. I got like 80s, like I got so much higher, I got 79 in my dissertation, so I got so much higher on these more longer proposal questions, on these more kind of independent coursework based, and that's why I knew that London would also be a good fit for me. That's the other thing to look for, look how it fits in with you, what are your interests and how does it fit in? And as I said, if you are in year two or year three of uni, start looking around at the different courses you can do. Ask your university lecturers what you could do to make it better and start doing stuff to make your CV stand out. In year two and year three, I, what did I do? I was a course rep. So I did course rep for year two and year three. And being a course rep is not that difficult. You probably have to attend a meeting, two meetings a semester. If that two meetings a semester is so doable, become a course rep if you can. I also started volunteering. And I volunteer with this elderly lady called Sylvia and I call her each week and we just have a chat and not gonna lie, we're just friends. Like I just class her as one of my friends now, I know all about her life. She tells me everything, I chat to her about my life, we have a great time. So I added that onto my CD. I also added an award that I'd won and I had another piece of voluntary work where I'd worked with the science um, museum and I didn't do that for very long because it was not what I was expecting. It was all online and it was quite like, monotonous but I did that for maybe six months five or six months and these were all things that were online or on the phone that didn't take me that much longer it maybe added an hour onto my week that really helped with my application really really helped and they're things that make you stand out and look a bit different so I would say if you are thinking about doing your master's in year if you're in university and you are thinking about it think of little subtle ways oh you you can think of little subtle ways that you can enhance your CV or application that just make you stand out and that aren't that tricky, that aren't that different. Student rep is such a good one to have because you can show leadership, you can show like proactiveness, you can show active member of the community and they love that, okay? That's a really good thing to have on your CV. Do that, find some voluntary work, be part of societies. I was the microbiology society rep that was just another thing that I quite enjoyed doing. It wasn't that hard either. I'm sure it's more hard now the pandemic's over, but that's something that I would recommend getting into societies and seeing if you can get kind of 
a treasurer, being president, being social sec, anything that shows that you are proactive because they want you to join their university community. You're going to, you have to prove to them why you'd be a good match and they'd like that. Why should they have you? You've got to advertise yourself and it's so much easier if you have evidence-based examples. So I was able to put all about my different um, volunteering experiences, about my community work, about how I'd kind of tutored. I was able to put about all these different things and I took loads of them out but it kind of was good because it gave me a base network. Like other thing, the other thing was a laboratory thing I got. I managed to get onto that lab-based program and that massively helped with my application. It's all about making yourself stand out. So that would be my biggest piece of advice is do things now that later you will thank you for. Become a student rep, just do it. It's like, it's not that hard. It's really not that hard. And it's such a good thing to have on your CV. Pick something that naturally matches with your skill set, but also kind of, although it matches with your skill set, matches with your interests. And pick something that you are really excited to study because this is a massive investment in yourself and you have to love it. Do not go into a master's program because you kind of like your course, but you didn't love it, but you don't know what to do next. You just think you should carry on with it because, nah, no. This is expensive and it's going to be a massive investment in you. So you have to really, really love it. I know one of the options that we had was at my uni was to carry on if you got a certain amount of grades and get do a four-year course and get a master's on top of it. But I was like, for me personally, that wasn't the right choice for me because I didn't want just microbiology. I wanted to branch out into a different field. And although that option would have been not easier, but kind of more streamlined, I was already living in Leeds. I had friends on the course. I knew all my lecturers. I knew the tutors. I kind of, I knew how to work at Leeds. I understood that. That didn't fit with me. So kind of don't pick the, I'm not saying easy option, but don't pick the option that is like the one you would automatically pick. Don't pick the option that always just kind of makes sense logically because it won't help you in the long run. Don't be scared of the change that will ultimately benefit you more than this ever would. Because although the master's as a four-year course is kind of cheaper, it is still more expensive. Do you know what I mean? It's still not as cheap as just doing a degree. You are going to be paying for that eventually. It's weird because you don't see the money straight away, but you will be paying for it at some point. It will come out of your bank account. So you have to make sure that you're really, truly interested in it. I think as well, having this gap year, having this time away from what I was doing massively helped me as well because I was now, I've had a break from university which meant that I had time to write my application and research and check this is what I wanted which also meant I was able to save up enough money so I'm less stressed about going. Don't be scared about having a gap year to work out what you want to do. You also might need it to save up a bit of cash before you move. And I think by having that gap year, it gave me time to write my application and check this was something I really, really wanted. And it ended up being something that I did really, really want. And I think that helped it happen because it wasn't as rushed. I don't know when I'd have found the time in third year to do it. So I would really, if you do want to carry on and go straight from third year into your master's, start looking in year two. If you can write your personal statement in some type of holiday where you're not stressed, like the summer holiday you will thank yourself for it. Even just getting a brief kind of plan about why you want to do it. And also, if you kind of plan out, you might realise that it's a bit sparse. There's not much evidence-based kind of reasons why you should be on it. And then it kind of prompts you in third year, be like, okay, I need to make an effort, people. We need to get things rolling. That was for me in third year. I didn't really have much apart from student rep in year two. And then year three hit and I was like, oh no, 
we need to bulk it up a little bit. It's time to, you know, get started. So that's when I started everything and it really worked for me. That worked for me really well. But I think that rounds the end of my kind of master's life update advice about applying for your master's podcast. Oh, I'm so happy. I feel like you can feel how happy I am. I'm so excited. Oh, and also, as I got my application, I also finished Wild last night and I can't even explain what an emotional journey this was for me. I cried at the end. Like, proper tears. I was not not even like emotional crying, like silent tears. It was so dramatic. It was all so dramatic. I want a part two, but I realised there's never going to be a part two because this is an autobiography. So really, I just want to like her to tell me what happened with her life, but that is never going to happen. So we just have to deal with it. But I fell in love with this woman's life story. I felt so involved. I felt like I was with her part. When she ended of it, I was like, I honestly felt so proud. It was ridiculous. I got way too invested in this book. So this is your sign to go out and buy it if you haven't already because favourite book of the year, by far. Definite favourite book. So much better than Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. So much better. It honestly really touched me. And the ending was beautiful. The ending was so kind of like emotional and symbolic but also not symbolic and the, I loved the way she weaved like the present into the past and she brought it all forward into her current life and it was honestly I don't want to say too much because I really want you all to read it but it was brilliant I'm so excited to watch the film but I'm also not that excited to watch film because you know when you watch a film and it's not as good as the idea of it in your head and then it's just a bit like mm. Well, I'm worried about that. That happened to me with Harry Potter and I was disappointed. I remember being a kid and being like, well, they skipped out this, this and this and that was really annoying. So that's a slight worry, but I reckon it'll be fine. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to miss out, but we will see. Well, let's move on to the next part of the podcast, which is new things that happened this week. Oh, apart from finishing Wild, which was an emotional experience. It is only Wednesday. I'm having to record it early because Louis coming back tomorrow and I'm so excited. I haven't seen him for three and a half weeks, so this is very exciting. That's nearly a month. That's really sad. Um, but new things that happened. I got a new piercing. I don't know if you can see. Of course you can't see. This is a podcast. Of course you can't see. But I got a new piercing and initially I thought she'd put it in the wrong place. But now I'm just realising it was really swollen. And now the swelling's gone down. I actually really like it. It looks really cute. I was going to get three. I think she thought I was having a bit of a crisis. She was like, just get one. Come back on Tuesday, get the other one. Come back next Friday, get the other one. Because otherwise I'll have no ear to sleep on. And it will all be too swollen. So, unlike me, I listened to her advice. Normally, I was trying to be stubborn about it. But then I was just like, you know what? Let's just wait this out. There's no need to be stubborn. There's there's no need at all to be stubborn about this. So that's what we did. We're waiting it out. There, I did end up going to the one in Scarborough. I realised the ones in Claire's were like 30 quid. And I just wanted like a tiny little stud earring in. I was like, I'm not paying 30 quid for that. Will I grow to regret this? Maybe when it becomes infected. But I don't think it will. Because she's had my other ones done and they were fine. And she only cost £10 with the earring which is crazy good. I'm going to go back for my conch and get that one done as well because I know I had it before, but I changed it too soon. So I need to get it like done again 
and then properly changed, you know? But I don't know if you can pierce through scar tissue. I'm going to ask her this because I think that might be low-key a little bit painful. But I think that rounds off the end of the podcast. God, I've been chatting for 32 minutes. That's a long time. I've got to go to bed, guys. I've got to wake up at 6am. That's so gross. I've got a feeling already it's not going to happen. We will see. Who knows? But thank you for listening. I hope you have a lovely, wonderful week. I hope something good's happened to you. Oh, I'm excited. I'm so excited for what else this is going to bring. Make sure you're following me on Instagram, you've got mail underscore podcast. And also, if you have the chance and you are able to, if you could leave a review and rate the podcast on Apple Podcast, I would be so happy. It means that more people can reach me. It means that more people get to hear about the podcast and I would really, really appreciate it. Thank you for listening and I'll chat to you next week. Bye.